3: Hello and welcome to your favorite hour of the week. This is the Arrowhead Pride Podcast, and it's Raider Week. So the player Sean Barber very fired up. The Barber Shop, Joel Thorman also here. What's up, boys?
4: I got Mini Me with me in the house.
3: Oh, Barber Shop. What's his name? S. Dot. Okay, Dot's here. S.
4: Period. D-O-T, no S Dot. No set
5: this week, so I guess we'll have to get a prediction from Dot. S. Dot. I don't even know what this thing is. <laughs> It's like one of those things where you, like, you know, you, you poke it and it's actually hurting me, one of those dolls, whatever that's called. You know, hopefully it's a good luck charm
3: because the Chiefs need it. They are on Bradley. a losing streak, desperately need a win. The room for error is gone. You know, they were 5-0, and oh, now they're 6-6. Six and six. The Chargers and Raiders, who they're playing this week, are also 6-6. Six and six. So this AFC West division, one time called the best division in football, is wide open, probably going to get the fourth seed
5: in the AFC playoffs. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, the rest of the division's all caught up to the Chiefs. I mean, we laughed about this happening seven weeks ago or even you know four or five weeks ago, so um, it's completely insane. Uh, and really, Pete said it, you probably got to win like three out of four down the stretch, um, which seems impossible right now. But even that, you end the season at nine and seven. You're, that's, that's like how deep they are here, that you got to rebound just to finish the season with nine wins.
4: As a player, internally optimistic. Um... The Chiefs will end up the season in first place. No matter what the record is, they will end up in the in first place in the AFC West with a playoff home game. And then when when playoffs happen, we know what happens. All the records get erased. So so we 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 live to fight another day. We do what we have to do now, take care of business right now, do whatever we have to do to win against the Raiders come Sunday. And at the end of the season, when all the smoke clears and all the shuffling, the deck is rearranged, the Chiefs will be at home in the playoffs and the records will be clear. A ton of
3: optimism from Sean Barber. And another thing he likes to do is break the season up into fourths. And here we are, the last fourth of the Chiefs' season. And the Chiefs have played their way into an extended playoffs this year because they're going to need to win every week to make this postseason. Sean thinks they will. It starts this Sunday. The Oakland Raiders – 12 o'clock Arrowhead time from Arrowhead Stadium. If you're not going to the game, Kevin Harlan, our boy, and Rich Gannon on the call. But let's start with last week. What did we learn about this Chiefs team against the New York Jets?
4: When you're losing, it's hard to stop losing. Um, you, you have to beat teams when you have them down. You have to, we call it, it put your foot on their neck. Um, teams don't go down. They, they don't, they don't want to quit. When they're trying to win. They, they, they're they trying to earn their jobs. They're trying to, they, they get paid too to make plays. And we allowed too many playmakers on the Jets side to make plays. They had scores from every running back on the roster, 100 yards by every receiver on the roster. McCown came from, um, he's like a phoenix. He's been re- resurrected from the dead this season. Uh, we made a lot of players look really good who aren't really that good players. So overall, um, but we did also found out that the the old Alex Smith can be the new Alex he can do some good things through the air.
3: I mean, you you know what you saw this week was the new new Alex Smith. The, the new, new, new new
5: Alex Smith. Yeah, just uh you know Anytime Tyreek's in single coverage, send him deep and throw it, and I feel like half the time you're going to end up, uh, you know, something good's going to end up happening. So, I love
3: your misdirection, Andy, but sometimes you just got to play Madden out there.
5: Yes, <laughs> just throw it up. I mean, you see the separation he gets when the ball's in the air? Like, I'm just like, do that every single time. Just, you know, the the the, the only problem is don't underthrow him. Um, yeah, we learned uh, that the season is cursed. When the offense is good, the defense is bad. When the defense is good, the offense is bad. Um Man, if they can just put that together for a few weeks, uh, you know, maybe they can go on a little mini run. But big picture, these this last six or seven weeks, like, man, they're they're just not they're not going to be good enough to do this over the course of a playoff
4: run. And finally, we heard we we we, we definitely learned the uh, over over and over the lesson is the holy grail of football is time of possession. No matter what goes on in the game, no matter what, no matter how many yards you give up and. Time of possession is so crucial when it comes to football.
5: That was one of the most unbalanced times of time of possessions that I remember seeing. What was it like? Eighteen minutes to. I
4: think it was thirty-five to fifteen. Yeah,
5: yeah. I mean, it was crazy. It was crazy. Guys, I got to be honest. The Jets stink. (laughs) Josh McCown was the AFC Offensive Player of the Week. Show some respect, please. Uh, They should have
3: never lost that game. They did. And here they are with the Raiders ahead. And the most interesting news about this week is that Andy Reid suspended Marcus Peters for a moment in that game. He, of course, threw the referee's flag into the crowd, something I have never seen. And uh, was really kind of preposterous moment. I I didn't necessarily expect a suspension, but here's what we got when the week began.
1: I was asked about Marcus Peters, and uh, um, I've done a lot of thinking and come to the conclusion I'm going to suspend him for – for this game, um, he'll be back the following week, and um, there, there's I, I I'm not going to get into detail on it. I, I did have an opportunity to talk to Marcus, and um, and the, some of the players, and um, I've got a good locker room. I fully trust them that, that we'll will we'll be okay there, and uh, um so um. You know that that's that's where we're at, and I know you guys had uh, asked, and I, I feel that I need to give you a heads up on that. So, but I can't get into detail.
3: Andy Reid would get five or six follow-up questions. Really, gave nothing more than what he said right there. One thing I noted that he said was that he made this decision, and then he told the leaders, Alex Smith being one of them. Let's hear what he had to say. No,
5: nobody likes to lose, uh, and and when you have lost a few in a row, you know sometimes funny things happen, right? It gets to people, and it's a tough situation. Uh, coach made a decision, though, and you know we're going to go with it. Um, stakes are too big right now, uh, with with what what we got in front of us, the opportunity we have in front of us. Um, so yeah, I mean I think we got a good locker room, we got a mature locker room. Um, you know guys will handle it. Uh, certainly for for you know us being on the offensive side, you know we're different, right? Doesn't doesn't affect us uh, directly, but th- those guys I think will handle it the right way. Uh, and we got to go as a team.
3: Mr. Barber, you wore number 59 with the Chiefs, but you're wearing number 22 today. How do you feel about the suspension?
4: I mean, I feel like it is what it is, man. Family first, 22. I, I, you know what? I'm going to put out a, a ploy, a plea, uh, uh, some advice to our, our fan base. I have to say, get online, um, get, start a, start a, a make some signatures or whatever you got to do. Beg and plead that our media, our reporters, do not ask Andy Reid a question about Marcus Peters all week. He's suspended. He's not in the building. He's not so therefore he is he has nothing to do with Sunday anymore. So let's not waste a minute, a second of time, when it comes to asking Coach Andy Reid a question about somebody who is not in the building. He is coaching the players that have a chance to affect Sunday. Marcus Peters is not that person right now. This week he is not part of the of a, of a he's not a player on the team that can affect the the outcome. Let's move on. Let's talk about Mitchell. Let's talk about Nelson. Let's talk about Gaines. Let's talk about Revis. Let's talk about the guys that can actually stop somebody from Oakland. Marcus Peters is not there no more. This week he is not there. So let's – I support him on my chest. I support – I got his jersey on. Does that mean you disagree with the suspension, now? That- I do not disagree with suspension. I think that the suspension is going to make Marcus Peters a better man. It's, he's going he's gonna to grow from this experience. He's going to realize at the most crucial point in the season – the team needed me, and because of my actions on the field, I was not allowed to even be present the week that they needed me to be there. That's gonna hurt Marcus Peters internally. He might never share it with him as a teammate, a guy who preaches family first. That's that's if you talk to anybody in the locker room, MP Marcus Peters is a team guy. The team loves him. The 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 persona he has with the media and his antics, all that kind of stuff. We, we blow it out of proportion as a, as a media and stuff like that, but his teammates love him. And to not have somebody you love uh, and care about on the field with you to go to war, that hurts both sides. So it's something that the team's going to feel uh, bad about. They're going to feel like they, they're missing their brother at arms out there on the field. But the next man has to step up. Coach is going to coach the guys that actually have an ability to be on the field. It's just like an injury or, or being gone for whatever reason. It's no, no bigger deal. Next man step up. I expect these two corners to rise up to the occasion, and uh, we're gonna see some guys ball out. We're gonna see some. We're gonna see some we haven't seen before.
5: I mean, they 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 need absolutely somebody to step up while he's gone because that's a huge concern of mine. That's why I don't think I would have suspended him. It's the NFL. You're you're here to win games. Uh, Peters not playing is a hit uh, to the Chiefs trying to win games. Um, I would have tried to make my point in another way. Um, I know I should be able to take a bigger stand, and you know all this, but. Bottom line, you got to win Sunday. Um, I think you need one of your best defensive players. You know, I just think they could have gotten that point across in somehow in another way because you talked about some guys needing to step up. I mean, we'll see. Nothing that I've seen lately thinks, you know, says that that's going to happen. Maybe this is the weird week where Peters doesn't play and they totally shut down the offense, but I'm, I'm a little concerned now. I know people have
3: had their you know, gripes about effort and tackling this year, but with no Eric Berry on the field, this is your best defensive player that you took off the field. Now, a couple things stand out to me. This is the Oakland Raiders. And I understand they're playing in Kansas City and not Oakland, but that's going to matter to Peters, his boy, his cousin that he likes to call Marshawn Lynch is playing in this game. I think that uh, further emphasizes the punishment for Marcus Peters. And as you said, they need this game. If you lose this game, you give up controlling your own destiny. It's playoff time. It's playoffs four weeks early, so you need to win this game. So that speaks volumes that he's taking his best defensive player off the field in the most important game of the season. And it just goes to show that they're probably like, I mean, you guys have kids. I don't, but I have little cousins and things like that. If you punish a kid and they keep doing it again and again, there's probably punishments we haven't even heard about behind the scenes. Marcus Peters obviously never learned, and and Andy Reid was left basically as you would be with a parent, where you might ground someone for a month or something. He had was left with no choice but to say, "We're going to take away the most important thing to you, and that's a game against the Oakland Raiders." And we know how much those games matter to him. And I guess it was a move he made for the better of the team and the better of the franchise. And I know you said something about how he is in the locker room, but. I don't know, I, I, it seems like, at least from the words of Alex Smith, and he was very careful with his words, that the locker room seemed to agree that, I don't know if it's de- his demeanor. And I think this thing can go in, in one or two ways, because the decision is done, and Andy Reid, as he does with injuries, he moves on with who he has, yes. and the decision's done. But it can go in one of two ways. As you said, it could be Marcus Peters can learn from this, or this could be the beginning of the end in Kansas City, and I think that's a huge moment in this kid's career.
4: Either way, whether, whether it goes that one way or the other, it needed to be done because Coach Andy Reid cares more about Marcus Peters than he does winning a game, and that might be something that, that nobody wants to hear. The relationship between a coach and a player, any individual player growing to be the best he can be, that, that's that's his main focus. He wants to make Marcus Peters the best man on and off the field he can be. And sometimes you gotta you gotta take away what's most important to somebody for them to learn that it's a it's a it's a uh, it's a blessing. To be able, it's an opportunity. It's 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 something you can't take for granted. The the chance to be a starting, well-respected cornerback in the NFL, it's just like it's, it's, He doesn't take coaching. It's not something he takes for granted. So you can't allow uh, wins and losses, points. You can't allow those things to, to take you from what you're, uh, what you know your priority is. It's developing players, and developing men, on and off the field.
3: And Andy Reid says this too, in the press conference this week. He says this is a people business yes. and. I've heard that from numerous people, whether it be coaches, whether it be coworkers, whether it be players. He's a players coach, and that's part of the reason whenever they lose, whether it be five of six games or whatever it's been, he always says, this is my fault, and the media hates that. And I get why the media hates that, because it makes for a boring quote and boring articles, yeah. and you can only you only work with what, we, what you work with. But that is why he's so beloved, not only in Kansas City, but across the league. And you, and you see people across the league talking about Andy Reid. You saw Brett Favre in his, his fall of fame speech and that's and that's i think part of it and again i'm interested to in seeing where marcus peters goes from here but we move on to this game it's the injury roundup so far this week we know alan bailey mispractice on wednesday uh, precautionary per andy reed d ford uh, i mean who i don't even know who that is anymore mitch Morse. Uh, has a foot sprain. Eric Murray is still dealing with an ankle sprain. He didn't play against the Jets. All held out a Wednesday. Small note here, Daddy Nicholas is done for the season. He'll end his year on the PUP. Kind of a lost year, but remains to be seen how he does in training camp next year. I think that'll be an interesting storyline to watch for 2018. On the Raiders' side, this is huge. Given the fact that the Chiefs won't have Marcus Peters, Amari Cooper could be out with an ankle injury. Cordell Patterson also mispracticed with a hip injury. A lot of injuries relating really to the season now.
4: Yeah, we, you, you you don't set your roster because of what other teams have or haven't. Um, you have to do what is best for your team going forth, growing. It's gonna it's a great growth opportunity for Mitchell and Nelson. It's a to be the number two corner with Peters over there. You you know you're gonna get targeted. You know you're gonna get this. You know you're gonna get that. But to have both of them go out there together and just be like, you know what, uh, you believe that the other team is gonna think that they can just throw it anywhere. It's a gr- I mean. I mean, rise up, man! Like, 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 I'm, I'm looking so forward to these guys having the opportunity to, to, to just put their athletic ability right on the line. It's like put up a shut up. It's th- this is time to show that you're an NFL cornerback, or just ride off into the sunset after the season.
5: Well, yeah, it would be nice if Amari Cooper didn't play, um, <laughs> <laughs> take that 260 yards off the board like he got last time. To me, that's a pretty huge key with uh, Peters out. We'll see. Cra- um, they what- get
3: Crabtree back this week. He might be the missing link in that chain. You know that the Raiders need in the wide receiver
5: core the missing link in the did you did you do that intentionally <laughs> overnight it came to him in a dream
4: I can tell yeah. you know what I'm oh.
5: saying I was like wait a minute he did the smile the missing link uh,
3: Michael Crabtree will be back for the Raiders so that'll be the main receiver to watch if Amari Cooper can't go again Amari Cooper's best game was against the Chiefs and it was disgusting it was over 200 yards and you go look
5: at his stats and every other game's like 25 yards having an off year but the, the main <laughs> game
3: was against the Chiefs and. Not not a, not a good player that you're going to want on the field. If you're the Chiefs, missing Peters, but we'll see what ends up happening. Game storylines for this game. No storyline more important to me right now to focus on other than the fact that the wiggle room is gone, and I, I said it a couple times already. The playoff starts now.
5: And the Chiefs also have a one game basically uh, lead in the division uh, with one fewer division lost than the other team. So, like, especially these, you know, the three out of four division games coming up, if you keep your advantage there, cause there's, there's going to be a tiebreaker, right? These teams are going to, like, end the season to eight or nine wins. There is no wiggle room. We got that. Uh, but you need to keep your tiebreakers clean. So if you, um, this, this, this is a big one.
3: If you think of the 5-0 and start as a cushion, and, and maybe we'll call it a whoopee cushion, the Chiefs have done a number on they 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 took every nail and every hammer, all of the air is out of that cushion. And this is the last chance. You still control your own destiny, but you have to win out. And, man, this game's important.
4: Yeah, I think, I think it, went, it went from being probably one of the most lopsided. Like, when you talk about ticket sales and stuff, early in the season when you start that fast – These late games, you begin to think they're going to be insignificant. So it's like, oh, ticket prices, you can get to that late Raiders Chargers game. They're going to be like four wins. We're going to be at 10. No one's going to care. And now it's like it's a fight for first place. Put up or shut up. Let's go. Let's go. Ticket prices through the roof. I know Ticket for Less is loving it right now because everybody's trying to get to the stadium to see their beloved Chiefs maintain number one. You got to be there, man. It's going to be a Raider week. Raider week, man.
3: Sean, this question is more for you, but I think a storyline in this game is recalling the end of game sequence last game for the Chiefs. Remember, what was it, five, six, seven plays, seven chances the Raiders had to win the game? Do you think about that in the second game?
4: Oh man. It, it, do I think about it in the second game? I mean, I thought about it last week. I thought about it. it's, it's right. The, what, the Jets had nine opportunities from inside the five yard line. We gave That's the crazy. Raiders eight opportunities. <laughs> at a you know a game winning a score at the end um it, it's it's been reoccurring game after game it's time to like uh let's, let's put those uh those demons to rest let's uh you know let's 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 have a, whatever you're going to say on to something i and hope the chiefs
3: God. are as fired up as you are right now. i can't help game. it man <laughs>
4: like tomorrow let's let's get a ball let's put some street you got that reggie
3: do. raglan versus the Bills. Uh, right come
4: now. on man <laughs> let's start. let's go it's <laughs> my dog. Let's go, man.
3: Sean's fired up. Joel's a little sleepy. We're talking the Chiefs and the Raiders coming at you noon Sunday. When we come back, we'll talk X's and O's. Don't go anywhere.
4: Drink Run. Here we go. McCafe coffees,
3: shakes, and drinks. Ain't no thing. You the man.
4: Yeah, that's what they're going to say.
5: Aw, oh, Kevin, thank you so much. We love you. That's right.
2: You the champ. The Drink Run champ. Welcome to McDonald's. How can I help you?
5: Own the
3: Drink Run, Kevin. Own it. Now get a small smoothie, shake, or frappe for
1: $2 on McDonald's one, two, dollars menu. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other
4: offer or combo meal. <laughs>
3: Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. Pete Sweeney, Sean Barber, Joel Thorman. We're talking Raider Week Chiefs and the Raiders at Arrowhead Stadium this Sunday, 12 o'clock Arrowhead time. Let's talk about the Chiefs offense versus this Oakland defense, number six versus number 22. The offense woke up against the Jets. Great sign as you get to the stretch of the end of the season right here. Huge game from Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Couple touchdowns, perhaps Alex Smith's best game since game one. What the heck changed
4: last week? Man, uh, the 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 Chiefs' offense actually took advantage of matchups. Big plays. Whenever they realized the uh, the, the matchups lent, uh, was leaning to heel, we attacked. When when we had to match up Mitch Mack against Kelsey, we attacked. It took advantage every every time the opportunity arises, we let it go. Alex Smith let the ball go. It's like they
3: remembered the people they had last week. To me, because. We knew Travis Kelsey was good in open space. Guess what? They called a play where he was in open space. They knew Tyreek Hill was fast. Maybe we should throw a flyer out to him. And like, it's like, did you guys forget that you had these players?
5: Yeah, it's all about the big plays. That's, that's the difference. And even just taking the attempts, the shots um, at going deep was a huge part of it. Kelsey, I think, like in the first... Uh, like 10 plays he had like four catches for 90 yards and two scores so that to me tells me those first 15 plays from Andy Reid there was an emphasis on getting uh, Travis Kelsey the ball which I think or, should or
3: your be. boy Matt Nagy
5: yeah yeah Matt, Matt, Matt Nagy exactly yeah um, getting Kelsey the ball um, obviously was a priority and then yes just just going deep every game I'd like to see at least five shots to Tyreek somehow um, even if he's not open. Uh, and,
3: and Kelsey, too. I mean, he's jump balls, too. Kelsey
5: or, uh, Tyreek is like a legitimate receiver, even though he's like five foot 5'9". Like on tr- those like jump balls, he tracks the ball. He's a real receiver, not just – we talked about this recently – not just like a guy who runs fast. And I think it was last week's game where he had a catch. He was maybe barely out of bounds on the sidelines. But it was like Antonio Brown like dragging his feet. He looked
3: that way during training camp, and then as soon as the season started, they didn't treat him like that. Yeah. Which is baffling to me. It's baffling. I just don't know. You know what I mean? Because it, it, we talked early on, earlier on this year on this podcast about how Tyreek Hill isn't your traditional number one receiver. And he was showing those traits at training camp. They went away from that. And then all of a sudden last
4: week, you're like, oh, he had a really great week. Yeah, because you treated him like a receiver. <laughs> he actually ran He actually ran more than a zero route. It's bananas. He didn't, he didn't run flares and, and stop routes and, and reverses. He actually ran nines, eights, sevens. Right. He ran the complete tree, and every time it was one on one, he just took advantage. Of, I mean, and then of so,
3: course you, you put up 31 points, and we'll talk about the defense in a second. But then they give up 30. It's like the Chiefs cannot get everything clicking at the same time, and it's mind-boggling for me watching. I can only imagine for the players and coaching staff.
5: Yeah, the pass rush, man, uh, that just kills me watching watching this team. It's so hard to watch it. Um, you know, Josh McCown just having plenty of time to sit back there defensively. I mean, I, I think more than anything, maybe even more than the quarterback he, with everything over the last few weeks, like that's the biggest thing that pass rush just on defense just kills me.
3: We'll get to the Chiefs' defense in a second. I want to talk about the offensive line very quickly because Mitch Morse, you he, we missed him when he was out for a few games at the beginning of the season and he re-injured that foot. Uh, what is your confidence level in Zach Fulton and Brian Wittsman going in? Do we dare say the name Parker Anger? Does he still exist?
5: No, he doesn't. <laughs> it's pretty clear he's, uh, he, he's... What happened to him? Because he, he started. He yeah. started. Is he just not ready? And no, it has to be performance. They said he's healthy. It's It's clearly, to me, it's performance. They think the other guys are better. But, yeah, that's surprising considering he was a rookie starter coming out of the gate last year.
4: Yeah, I wouldn't expect to see and him. And that in, they haven't even
5: tried him either.
4: No, I wouldn't expect to see him unless it's like an emergency case. We have two, two or three. Could it be one
5: of those things
3: like, Daddy Nicholas, now that his season's ended, they're focusing maybe on him coming back fully for next season. That's kind of the way I see it at this point, maybe even training camp triad almost.
4: Man, I, I just think between Fulton, Wittsman, and him, he's, he's just he's a third. <laughs> he's behind those guys. Yeah. There's no use to try to force him in there in front of guys that are better than him. I think that as a staff, they, just, they value the other guys more.
5: And remember, I think it was Fulton, one of the last games he started for Morse there, I thought he had that bad snap. So that's something to, to keep in mind. But other than that, I thought he did a decent job filling in for Morse. He's not as good, not as athletic, I don't think. But you could have worse backup centers uh, in, in, in the league, I think.
3: The Raiders, their defense isn't tremendous as far as the year goes, but they're playing a little bit better as of late, so they're clicking at the right time when they need to. They're back to 6-6, six and six, and they're going to need the defense to beat these Chiefs. One thing I did notice, if you want to nitpick, The Chiefs' offense from last week is they still weren't able to get Kareem Hunt going, and it was less than 10 carries. It's tough for running back to get going when you're not going to give him the football, but Alex Smith was just clicking. I think it was a little bit different last week because the passing game was clicking, so maybe he got less opportunities. But you still want to see Kareem Hunt get a little bit more play, no?
4: Yeah, you would like to see it, but uh, like you're saying, when when something's going that good, I mean – you know, they said, you know, why not keep going to the well? If every time you put the bucket there you come up with a full bucket of water, I mean, keep going to the well. And, and our offense did. It, and, and this was heavy off. on water. This was, wasn't. Oh. This
5: wasn't your running the mill water. You oh. you put up thirty-one points, and you're just, you know, like like you said, you're just nitpicking on small things. Thirty-one points. It's thirty-one. You should win the game. The
3: Raiders' last loss came against New England Patriots. Better defensive games, but it, they were against the Broncos and the Giants. Not to bring up the Giants again, but. Uh, able to, to to the juggernaut that is the Giants. They put up twelve points a game. Geno Smith and the Giants. Yes. Uh, so the Raiders D.
5: The Raiders D. Man, this Khalil Mack coming off the side. It's gonna be a huge game for Mitch Schwartz. He's um, usually if, pretty good against those. Yeah. If but if Schwartz uh, struggles, um, it's gonna be another long game with Alex bailing out of those pockets really early. But Schwartz has played really well against uh, you know uh, Von Miller and Mack. Uh, throughout the year. So hopefully he doesn't ruin the game. If the defense is playing mad, Alex Smith could just run for seventy yards yeah, again. Why not? <laughs> he should do more of those. It's no Steve Bono. Right. Were you around it? No, you weren't around yet, Sean. I don't
4: know about Steve Bono. Ninety
5: five, the, the
4: Steve Bono, Bono seventy
5: six yard naked bootleg. But you watched that clip. Bono's
3: slow. Like Alex Smith was fast. Like I thought, last week's run was very impressive, especially the broken tackle. He got caught and then, like at he was the like end of high stepping down the down Bono's I mean, awesome. not
5: breaking that tackle. Yeah. Bono also had no one within like thirty yards of him in that
4: clip. And, and Adams, I mean, that's a first round draft pick safety, from LSU. I mean, that, that, that wasn't like a just a, in it. a top ten pick. Wasn't yeah, he? that's not a jag <laughs> just off the street that just tried to. Uh, no, he tried to tackle Alex, and that was broke a ta- That's a broken tackle. That's not a missed tackle. That was a broken tackle.
5: I love that there's some pro football focus editor out there who's marking it down. One broken tackle for Alex
3: Smith. <laughs> <laughs> it was an impressive run, yeah. and the good thing to see too is Alex Smith broke that interception streak. We we saw him throw picks for a couple weeks in a row, and I think it was good that he was able to sort of get out of that. He's not known for that, so to get back on track, and he you know he again had his best game since week one. So you look for a repeat of that. The Oakland Raiders only had one interception all year. That was from Navarro Bowman, uh, Sean. How do we beat this Raiders defense?
4: Attack their weakness. Navarro Bowman is an aging linebacker. He doesn't he doesn't play with the type of intensity he used to back in the day. Um, he's kind of a placeholder. He's holding the place. They they need to get younger in that position. Um, the secondary is a is a bunch of guys that are out there. They don't they don't have great hands. They don't make plays on the ball. They're more of a just playing zone, playing zone, try to come up and keep you from making any big plays. They want to keep the ball in front of you. Um, so they wait for you to make a mistake. They want you to just uh drop balls and, and missed opportunities missed blocks if, if we can you know move the ball in the run move the ball in the pass uh focus on the same guys that we did last week i, I mean there's nothing about their defense that would make me think that they can't um, that our chief's team cannot put up you know 30 or 40 points on this team like we did last week
3: all right that remains to be seen let's flip the switch now the chief's defense number 30 in the league versus the oakland offense number 16. We already talked about the off the field impact of Marcus Peters. Now we're going to talk about the on the field impact. Del Rio, Jack Del Rio, head coach of the Raiders, he knows that Peters will not be there. Here were his comments this week on
2: Peters' absence this Sunday. I heard the news, you know, from this morning that uh, Andy's going to suspend or has suspended Marcus, and um, you know that's we treat that a lot like a lot like we did last week with Eli. You know, decision like that, um, similar to an injury occurring. We're preparing Raiders versus Chiefs, so um, nothing really changed in terms of you know us putting the plan together and uh, making sure that it's about us going in and playing good football. I mean, you do what you can to adjust this this time of year. Um, you're typically adjusting to injuries that occur, um, so we'll treat it very similarly to that. You know, um, and we're trying to get our own group of guys healed up as best as best as possible for this game. So, um, you know, that's part of that's part of what we do in this league is the next guy plugs in, and, and you keep rolling, do
3: what you can to adjust. What do you just run a hail mary every play? <laughs> this is a huge. This is a huge problem. I mean, isn't it? I understand there it's a golden opportunity for someone like Terrence Mitchell, Steve Nelson, a Gaines, and Acker, even Revis on the way back. But this is bad.
5: <laughs> I, there's, you know, from what I've seen, there's no way around it. They should get. They should should get beat in the secondary. Um, I think it's blind optimism to, like, hope that, you know, it's going to be anything better. That said, like –
4: Call uh, me Ray Lewis then. Call me me Ray Charles.
5: But that said, like, they're also in the NFL for a reason. They're capable of good games. It's not like, you know, he's some – you know, Terrence Mitchell, some bomb off the street. Like, we're comparing him to other NFL (laughs) players. So I think it's possible that they come in and play well. If If Cooper – if Cooper and Crabtree go in this game, the Chiefs are not going to win the game. If you if you have a receiver like the the Cooper game last time, a receiver puts up two hundred plus yards. A receiver like Cooper, like that's like a systemic breakdown. I think that the Chiefs surely must have identified. So I think they're going to you know they're going to have to compensate a little bit for Peter's injury, but. This is it's the NFL where you know like now the Chiefs are going to completely shut down the Raiders pass and people are going to think you don't need Marcus Peters anymore uh, anymore so how lucky are the Raiders too
3: last game and Del Rio mentioned it briefly but they got Geno Smith instead of Eli
5: hey after the start to the 2013 season where the Chiefs played like nine straight backup quarterbacks we've we've gotten all we can of the, the 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 good luck backup quarterback yeah. streak so
3: other names to watch if Cooper can't go are Johnny Holton. He was the main receiver. I know that's a name no one really knows. He was the main receiver for Carl last week, and Jared Cook, who like Cooper, had one of his best games of the season against the Chiefs. I think it was 107 yards in the first matchup.
4: Yeah, I say, I, between these corners, we have Revis, Mitchell, Nelson, Acres, Gaines. I mean, the, the the thing I would do is, man, go round robin. You know, don't don't the offense should never know which two cornerbacks are gonna be out there. As a receiver, you study defenders. You you get tendencies off of their alignment, their assignment. You know what depth they play man and off man. Imagine if every time you went out there, you had a different corner in front of you, and you and the quarterback are trying to get on the same. You know, is it tough
3: though for a defender to get into rhythm in that way, or or do you know going in rhythm?
4: It, no man, it's it, it, when you get your opportunity to shine, you go shine. Whether it's three plays, four plays, whatever that series takes, you go, you go play.
3: Reed said this week that Darrell could be on a pitch count again. I don't think they can afford to have him on a pitch count because honestly. I know his, his game was up and down last week, but I think this is the best cornerback they have on the roster.
5: Yeah, Revis uh, is probably going to have to play most of the game. But, like, Mitchell and Nelson have played a whole bunch this season, Akron Gaines less so. But those, you know, Mitchell and Nelson been out there all, all season long, like, uh, well, except for Nelson missed half the year. but
3: Just as we expected, week 14, Darrell Revis, the best cornerback yeah. in the t
5: I mean, but those other guys have been out there all year. Like, you're not just throwing, you know, nobody out there. But, man, if if that left side was giving up 100 yards a game to a receiver, like, um, man, we'll I, see.
4: I, I I'm, I'm It's bel-
5: got to be up to the pass rush to not make this so easy.
4: I believe as an offensive coordinator, it's harder to think about in game plan against unknowns than it is to, hey, Marcus Peters is over there. They got somebody else over here. So let's develop a game plan to kind of take advantage of this and this. Right. I think when you don't know who's going to be out there, it it really does kind of stifle you know, kind of kind of limit how you're going to attack those guys because you, just, you don't know which personnel is going to be out there. And so I would say the Raiders will probably start with the rushing game trying to figure out who's our two starting corners, and then they're going to try to adjust their offensive game plan like on the sideline. I want to bring up
3: something that I saw on social media and just some rumors this week. Do you think Bob Sutton is on the hot seat? If the Chiefs have three or four bad defensive games and they miss the playoffs and the offense gets fixed in the middle of the year, is he in trouble?
5: Yeah, um, I mean, I I, I think so. When, when you know you're you have a disappointing season like this, um, I think eventually somebody's the quote unquote like fall guy, and if your defense has let you down. Uh, hat, tip, hat tip Chris Card. Yeah, yeah. Like, like if you're if you're yeah, exactly if your if your defense has let you down, I think you have to consider him um, on the hot seat a little bit and take like an honest look at it this this off Where, was this just a matter of like missing Eric Berry um, and Justin Houston not having the impact we thought he would, and just this is the defense we have and we need to regroup, or like is there like something fundamentally wrong because the Chiefs are still I think they're still league average in, in points per game. So it's not like they're the worst defense in the league yet, but they're certainly trending that way some weeks. Yes, breaking
4: news in the NFL, you're always on the hot seat. That's breaking. <laughs> Wait, um, we had a coach just got fired last week. What was his name for the for the Giants?
5: Yeah, Ben McAdoo. Did
4: they? Do we remember their record last year? Right. What, 11 and 5? Right, and,
3: and with your Eagles, too, Chip Kelly had a great season and it just took one bad season, and he was
5: run at it. The seat is
3: always Dorsey. hot. Yeah, we the should know that. The seat
4: stays hot, right? 14-2 for the Chargers, and we had a coach get fired, right?
5: Yeah, Marty. Marty,
4: I mean, when when is the seat not hot?
5: You got to get hot to stay hot, guys. Yeah, That's what I was yeah, give me
4: that hot seat. <laughs> but
5: it is it, – I mean, he's been here for five years, so it is kind of hard to think about them making a change. Um, but sometimes – you know, even yeah, if it's not completely performance-based, like five years you haven't gotten it done, maybe you just need to change I sometimes. I mean, that,
3: uh, the reason why I won't rule anyone out besides uh, Andy Reid, I think Andy Reid is the safest coach there there is here in Kansas City, I think we learned from the Dorsey firing. That kind of came out of nowhere. So, you know, no one is safe, and if the offense is fixed, if Nagy in the play calling fixes the O and they're scoring enough points to win, win games and they lose two of four and they get knocked out of the playoffs, Unfortunately, I think you may see a new defensive coordinator next year. I want to keep it on topic, though, to Derek Carr. Derek Carr, not the the Carr year we've become accustomed to, but still 17 touchdowns, only eight interceptions, a 64% completion rate. One thing that's evaded him in his career is getting that W at Arrowhead. Here was Derek Carr on Arrowhead Stadium this week.
2: As you
5: go through your career and kind of mark off things you might want to do and accomplish, where does winning a game at Arrowhead, Frank?
2: Man, you won, number one, <laughs> number one. Definitely number one right now, especially this week. But, uh, yes, it's definitely up there. Um, it's uh, it's definitely something that we have not been able to do since I've been here. And uh, so we got we to gotta get on that. Uh, but we have a tough task ahead of us because, uh, you know, uh, although their record is a same as ours, we're both pretty good football teams. And so we got to go out there and play hard. It,
3: it stinks that Derek Carr is a Raider because he's such a likable guy. It, later on in this interview, I didn't pull the clip, but he just says he really actually enjoys coming to Arrowhead. He thinks it's fun to hear the fans and how passionate they are. Very likable guy, and he's a pretty good young player.
4: Yeah, who who doesn't love Kansas City? I'm, I mean, I'm an East Coast cat. You know, I was born and raised in Richmond, Virginia, but I raised my family. I do everything out in Kansas City, man. Midwest way of life, man. Having the opportunity to play in Arrowhead, it's, it's a great feeling. I know away teams love coming here. They love getting some of that Gates and Q39, that barbecue, getting get smoking and the the, uh, the 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 steam from the stadium comes up and the, the fans get to the chanting.
3: There's really nothing like the Arrowhead aroma. It's
4: nothing like The that.
3: arrival, yeah.
4: Come on, they, they love it. They love it. They, they, they hate to admit it, but they love to play here and they would all probably – you know, give a little bit of their uh, paycheck back to be a part of this team here.
5: Well, it's it's going to be cold this weekend. Derek Carr can't perform in the cold. He's going to have a bad game. I hashtag
4: no dubs in Arrowhead. <laughs> no dubs in Arrowhead, buddy. No wins here.
5: That's a that's
3: a nice hashtag, Sean. Thank you for that. Chiefs to talk about uh, Reggie Ragland and KPL continue to get more burn. What are your thoughts on these guys?
4: Trending up. All all arrows are trending up about them. They're both uh, young, exciting. Impactful linebackers that are making an impact on our our defense. Um, they're making plays all over the field. Um, kind of kind of look like a, a coming force to reckon with.
5: Ragland's um, came along faster than I thought he would. I thought when they traded for him right before the season that this would be more of like a redshirt year because they like. Do you remember that guy Ramique Wilson, who started a bunch of games for him, and he, you know, he was still here. Um, so for him to overtake Rameek uh, was a little surprising to me, and and even more surprising, he's played really well. And you don't
3: see it in the middle of the, the run year. Defense has been better. You don't see it in the middle of the year a lot, and I think that was one of the
5: impressive things. I mean, he must have been busting it in practice, and they said, okay, let's give him a go, and they like what they've saw. And that's, they've that's, that's one thing I think we forget about, that like there are coaching staffs who can coach players up and make a difference in their development. You know what I mean? Like, having a good coaching staff, I think, matters, and that's you know how you get guys like Raglan in the middle of the season coming in and making a difference.
3: One guy who also got some playing time last week, Sean likes to call him the Rova from Villanova. He's dancing to no passing you. Here was Reed... On the road.
1: We've been giving him a little bit more and a little bit more each week. And uh, he's long. He's uh, working on his pass rush. He's working on the run game part. we moved him to outside linebacker, which is kind of a new thing for him. Um, But, again, I I think he's one of these guys. He's another one that's a young guy that's getting better every chance he has to play. And, and, uh, you know, we've obviously liked what we've seen because we keep putting him back in. And um, giving him opportunities.
3: I mean, this guy's a wrestler. I, I joined cage side seats this week. This guy, he could have a wrestler's entrance weighing in at 289 pounds. That's seven feet tall. Yeah. To know the
4: rover from Villanova passing
3: Sean, you got to be loving
4: it. Yeah, man, he's a freak, man, the rover from Nova. He's a, he, you know, he, he's a football player. You can't have enough of those guys on the field. Just, you remind
5: me of Ray Lewis right
3: now.
4: You like that? You like that little football player. That's See, what he is. Seeing him
5: chase the quarterback is still absolutely hilarious just because he's so
4: huge. What, he's so six what foot do you nine. what do you think the opposing quarterback is thinking when you're trying to look down field and a seven foot guy running four six is chasing you? And his arm, his, 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 his wingspan is, like, you just, you have to be a little fearful, like, no matter how far you're away from him, he's going to slap the ball out your hand, so.
5: They're gonna, he's going to line up as a down lineman, they'll snap it, he'll just reach over the line and grab he's, the quarterback. He, I mean, he's a giant. I like it. It's scary. It's got to be scary. Yeah. Well, they need somebody to rush the passer because oh. the guys there now aren't doing it. Uh, He's bringing me down. Those linebackers, always a problem. I yeah, got my yin to my yang.
4: Yeah, man. Guys. You know what? I talk up the rover. You want to talk about Houston. <laughs> I talk about this guy. You want to say d Ford ain't here. I, we,
3: yeah, you know. oh, no, I think in Houston we have a problem. I well, just see oh.
5: we'll all meet at the middle when week 17 the rover makes a game-winning tackle sending the Chiefs to the playoffs.
4: Did you playoffs. see him tip his head?
5: Uh,
3: what, Houston, what?
4: Houston, we have a problem. In, in I Houston, mean, Houston,
5: we have a problem. I mean, it
3: just isn't a the same yourself, Pete. <laughs> I don't Sean, know if... Sean, what? What were you going to say?
5: I don't know if Houston's as much like a massive problem. I think he should be playing better. It's a problem in the context of I'm paying $100 million. He's my highest paid player. He needs to dominate games.
3: I think the part of the problem, though, with Houston <sighs> is the fact that he's the only real pass rusher you have to yeah. worry about right now. It seems like everyone else has kind of been subdued. And so when you have one problem to worry about, it's like the Bill Belichick philosophy. You take away the opponent's best asset. And so I think he's getting a little bit more attention this year. And uh, healthy or not, I mean, just not as dominant as we expected.
4: Yeah, And the problem I'm seeing on film is I don't see offenses adjusting to Houston. Where they used to have. They used to have a second guy chip in and, you know, tight end staying in. I mean, they're they're kind of just letting him single up and just – and sometimes injuries can do that. You don't know how players are going
3: to respond to injuries. That's why even with the Houston Texans, it kind of fits weirdly. You wonder if J.J. Waddle will be the same player, and this is you know one of the faces of the NFL. Because
5: Houston was on the injury report this season, during yeah, the season. Here so. and
3: there, and and if you notice last week, he didn't receive as many snaps. I think he only had 80% last week. So, man, see what happens this week when it comes to Justin Houston. Sean, final word, key for the Chiefs defense this week.
4: Oh, hashtag... Double deuces, two two. Family first. <laughs> whether whether he's here or not, I thought it was your point that he's not
3: playing. We got to move on.
4: Yeah, whether he's here or not, in spirit the man shows love. He's about family, so let's not worry about him. Other two guys, we're gonna have a a, a four man, a four pack gonna step up. Mitchell, Nelson, the anchors, Gaines, Revis just needs to be like the 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 this just a a a a, a guiding force just to use like, the, like a Jedi Knight, just to use his force to kind of coach the guys out on the field, just to use a little bit of that Jedi mind tricks on the guys. Hey, Akers, you're better than you think. Mitchell, you are better than you think. Maybe he should bring this bling, his Super Bowl ring. I got Bowl knowledge. I'm, I'm, I'm osmosis. I'm going to lay hands on you guys, and you guys are going to have the game. Like Some of that needs to go in and involve. We need to have some faith. Our fan base, bring your hard hats it's time to go to work at Arrowhead on Sunday at noon. Bring your best. Let's go. And then hashtag no dubs at Arrowhead. Those are my feelings about Raider Week.
3: <laughs> it's Raider Week. The hype man, the barbershop, Sean Barber, sorry, Joel. We're talking the Chiefs. Wow. It's Raider
5: Week. The energy is just flying through ripping the up roof paper. here. He's
3: ripping up papers. I'm a little bit scared for my life. We're talking Raider Week. When we come back, we'll talk about predictions for this game. I think you know who Sean's picking. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. Pete Sweeney here with Sean Barber, Joel Thorman. We're talking Raider Week. The Chiefs hosting the division rival Oakland Raiders 6-6 and versus 6-6. and it is prediction time, and Sean, we'll start with you.
4: Let's go. Let's go. So my, my little man right here, S Dot, this is my little mini me. He's been talking to me all week about how to get things, how to write the ship. He says, man, we're just gonna go do what we can do. We're gonna we gonna play, we're gonna play Chiefs football. Um the offense is gonna be attacking downfield. Alex Smith's gonna let the ball go. Kareem Hunt's gonna be elusive. Kelsey's gonna be unstoppable. We're going to be putting up – I'm going to say we're going to be up, man. We're going to be up about 17 points in the first half. I see the score being 20-3 to at halftime. We're going to put up another – 34-20. 34-20, Chiefs win the game. It's a blowout.
5: I don't pick against the Chiefs very often, but uh, they've lost six of their last seven. Uh, They're going to be without their best defensive player. Um, I I, I just don't know how I can pick them this week. Um, I've got 20-16 to Raiders.
3: In America, we have innocent until proven guilty, and I've taken the approach recently. The Chiefs need to prove me they can win. They can win a football game. They have not been able to do that yet. Last week, I picked the Jets. This week, I'm picking the Raiders. I think the Raiders win 34-28. to 28. I think the Chiefs really miss Peters this week. So, for the first time, we have less Chiefs pickers than the opposing team. Oh! It's a sign of the times. Lone wolf. I don't mind being a lone
4: wolf. Me and S dot. I'm never alone. I got S dot with me. I'm a lone wolf.
3: <laughs> uh, Sean, not afraid to be alone in the desert, it seems like. That's fine, fine, fine by him. And uh, right now, we're going to move on to reading your tweets. A couple questions this week. Less tweets than we've had in a very long time. Again, I think another sign of the times. This one from Severin58.
4: Thinking of skipping this week's game. What should I do
3: instead? Sean.
4: Go to Tickets for Less, buy a ticket, get in the stadium, let the Chiefs know you love them, you care about them, you're going to support them through thick or thin. They're still number one in the division. Don't be fair weather. Don't jump off the wagon until the wagon is broke. What are you doing, man? Come on.
5: I would uh, maybe spend some time cooking instead, (laughs) Uh, smoke some nice meats, maybe some chips and dip, and just uh, eat all day long. That's what i do.
3: I mean, Kansas City, there's plenty of things to do. There's always live music. In Except a, on Sunday at noon. I don't know. You can find some things. You go to Q39, plenty of good barbecue in this city. Even if you don't want barbecue, plenty of good places to eat. i go out to dinner. You know, maybe lunch. just check back at the game later. Maybe, maybe you buy back in if the Chiefs find a way to get to 7-6 uh, and six in this game. Next question from Brendan Downey at Chiefs Hydro, Waterman. What would Sean like to see the defense do to tighten up their play this week?
4: Oh. <sighs> I would like to see guys play with the right leverage. And when we talk about leverage, when you, when you have inside help, be on the outside. When you have underneath help, be deep. Don't get beat over the top when you're a deep defender. Uh, when you have man, don't get bumped off by a rub route. Like, understand your position, understand the strengths and the weaknesses, and play to your strengths. Simple as that. Play your position.
5: Anything you want to add? I mean, I know it no. That sure. was you that really was uh, that was way better than than what I could have added. Um, I would say get uh, more sacks and uh, turnovers. Seems pretty simple to me. I mean, <laughs> you talk I, about all your leverage. I'm just like get sacks and turnovers.
3: <laughs> for the players who might be bubble players for 2018, as far as not only the Chiefs but any team, this is your game to shine. If you want to be on an NFL squad next year. I'm looking at you Kenneth Acker, I'm looking at you Philip Gaines. This is your opportunity to t- put on some good tape and if the Chiefs can win and get something rolling so cornerbacks. Yes, this sir. is your this is your time. This is your I mean this is your chance. So, we'll see what they do. All right, last one from Swan Dad at Swan 931. Is this an actual must-win game? I'm kind of thinking LA is the actual beginning of must-win even if we lose Sunday. No, it's right now for Look- me.
4: What, what is, who is this? Must dad, what?
3: Swan dad.
4: All right, swan dad. Swan dad. Where, where have you been? Yes it's, what we, is this, yes, it's must win.
3: It's finally must win. It, it really hasn't been before this week, but it is.
4: It's six and six, three teams tied at first place. It's Raider week. <laughs> when has Raider week ever not been a must win? Who is this guy? Where He's 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 infiltrating the system. He's not really a, a Chiefs fan. No,
3: I, he is. I've seen this
4: guy you before. You've seen him before? I've seen this guy before. You vouch yeah. for him?
3: I, I real guy. I, I recognize the name. You recognize. I'll
5: vouch for Swan Dad. Swan Dad.
4: Come on, man! It's Raiders Week. It's must it a must-win.
5: Um, not quite yet. Um, man, it's it's right there though. I just don't think the Raiders or Chargers are going to win out either. Um, so I don't think we're quite at must-win, but um, you know, it's 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 right there for sure. I think the, I think the bigger thing you needed to worry
3: about, even more so than the Raiders, is the Chargers because their their schedule isn't that tough down the stretch. We said that about the Chiefs, so I mean, you know, I know any given you Sunday anything got, can
5: happen. Just got to assume Philip Rivers
3: is going to blow it. <laughs> like get down to that final game yeah. and just throw a pick yeah. as he usually does. Now, I, I don't know. I think they finally have found a way to win. They've lost so many close games. In recent years, they got a lot of momentum. Again, they only beat the Browns by nine points last week, but I think the Chargers are the team to beat in this division. I don't think the Raiders are, and so I think the, the Raiders are beatable. Yeah, it hurts that the Chiefs don't have Peters, but you need to win this Sunday regardless. That's it. That's all we got, Sean. I'm going to throw the floor to you. Anything before we go?
4: Oh my goodness, let's go with, uh, you know, the, 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 the reason for the season, right? We just the beginning of Advent was Sunday. We were preparing our hearts and minds for the. Uh, coming of Christmas times and be thankful and thoughtful for all that we've given. Um, just so blessed, man, to be blessed to be in a community of uh, really passionate fans, to have a fan base. Uh, that they, they see you at the Walmart, they see you at the Sam's Club, and they, they recognize you as a former Chiefs player, and they still show you love. Um, and I want our fans to be uh, feel, feel a blessing, too. To, to have players like Marcus Peters who give away 400 or so turkeys, to have a, a quarterback like Alex Smith who it remains so humble and so consistent through a tough stretch of four games and then goes out there and plays lights out last week, a consistent professional on and off the field, all the things that they're doing in the community with their foundations. Um, spend some time researching the guys off the field. Find out what they do besides play football so you can learn them as a, as a complete person instead of just being totally obsessed with their stats on the field. They are people too, y'all. They are people too with families and kids. And I, I don't think their, their, their family likes to hear about them being ripped on the radio and being told that they're not good and they suck. And they st- Everybody has family too. And So when we say family first and when Peters and Coach Reed says you know, he likes Marcus Peters, he's not lying. It's not, it's not coach talk. Coach Reed likes Marcus Peters as a person, and he wants him to be the best person he can be, not just a football player.
5: I didn't know you were a Sam's Club guy over Costco.
4: I'm Sam's card. Uh-oh.
5: You don't have to prove. Well, actually, no,
1: no, at no. this point, yeah. prove it.
5: got to prove it. <laughs> Bring out the
3: Booyah! Sam's Club. Sam's. Guys, we're trying to get a sponsor. We can't be giving away this
5: free sponsorship. Oh, my bad. We my yeah. We need to get Costco sponsored so I we can get the – they'll, they'll send us a pizza.
3: Before we go, I want to give a shout-out to Chiefs LA. Thank you for hosting me for the Jets game last weekend. We're going to be putting out a mini-documentary the beginning of next week, maybe middle of next week, on Chiefs LA. And speaking of the community in Kansas City, what I am starting to find is this Chiefs community extends past the quote-unquote kingdom, and maybe this is the beginning of something more special we could do to really unite everyone in the country, in the world, that likes the Chiefs. So, uh, again, thanks for Chiefs LA. They gave me some nice swag. They got a really cool logo. I'm wearing the hat right now, for those of you who can't see. It's uh, kind of an arrowhead with some palm trees, Looks good. which is a nice touch, which is a nice touch. So, again, thank you to Chiefs LA. So, for Sean Barber and Joel Thorman, it's this Sunday. Chiefs Raiders. Sean's also pointing at his little figurine called S-Dot.
4: S-Dot, man.
3: S-Dot for for Sean Barber, for Joel Thorman, for S-Dot. It's Chiefs Raiders this Sunday, 12 o'clock Arrowhead time. Don't be like our guy Severin. Don't skip the game. Go out to Arrowhead. and If you're not going to do that, make sure you watch on CBS. We'll have all the coverage after the game. For the guys, I'm Pete Sweeney. Thank you for listening to the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. Check it out. And if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier.